I think there's definitely a sense of, in the Jewish community, um, intergenerational trauma. You know, not just the Jewish community, obviously, but, like, there's a whole... Um, the, the method of naming children in Judaism is, like, you, you name kids, you can only name people after someone who's dead. And so, like, my namesake is a martyr who died in the Warsaw Uprising. So, like, there's, there's a whole generation of kids who are, like, around our age or older, even, who's, like, their namesakes are folks who died in the Holocaust. So I'm here with Zach Goldberg, who is an incredibly uh, talented writer, educator, and arts administrator. He's the author of 15, which was recently published by Nomadic Press, um, and also recently the recipient of an arts grant from the Minnesota Jewish Arts Council. Zach's work deals with issues of religion, gender, and masculinity, generational trauma, addiction, Judaism, and mental health. He currently is living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I do love the act, the like being on a, on a stage and like reading a poem and then getting to interact with people after that about the poem. Like that's part of, that's probably my favorite, that's my favorite thing about poetry. And so like, similarly, I think it has been hella hard to be in this virtual environment where yes, you can still perform or do readings or whatever but there's not the post-reading like chat there's not the community aspect that you get otherwise are there are there certain experiences you had with like a poem a performance that um i guess where you really felt like wow this is what this is why i'm doing it i mean we can come back to that too no you're good like because again, I think when you're, especially at a poetry slam, so I think like I'm speaking specifically to a slam context because like when you're at a read, sorry, I was checking my, um, when you're at a reading, like you might not get this, but at a poetry slam, part of the game is folks want to respond vocally to the reader, right? So like there's a whole back and forth where if you do a line that everyone thinks is hot, then there'll be like snaps, there'll be like, people will be like, yes, like go in, um, and those are the readings that those are like the reasons that I want to do it. Like I, I fucking love that feeling. Somebody being like verbally in the moment reacting to some shit that I'm saying and being like, whoa, that was really good. It's, it's interesting though. Cause it's not, it's not like, do you feel like it's, it's just your way? Like poems have just become like if, okay. If you do it for that reason, if we, if we take it for that, like, Hey, I love this, this experience of connecting with other people. How did how did poetry become that and not trying to be a uh, I don't know a, like a, I don't know I don't know what you would do where it's similar but you know being a sports commentator or being something that's live I don't know what you do I, my mind's on sports because I was watching no, the dude, Masters today yeah that's <laughs> that's super valid though honestly like I've been thinking about it a little bit because I I I do love poetry but I don't love poetry like singularly if that makes sense like it's poetry is actually still very difficult for me in terms of like reading it and like writing poetry is difficult for me I don't just like do it and it's easy and it comes naturally and all that stuff like it takes a lot of work but there are other things that give me a similar sense of accomplishment and like of that community feeling that it doesn't necessarily have to be poetry so I kind of feel like 
maybe I'm a, a little bit of a faker or something when it comes to that. But like honestly, I think I think about shit like like Poetry Slam is great, but honestly my like being part of a team is one of the things I like about Poetry Slam, right? And you can be a part of a team doing anything. Like being part of a team is something I like about fucking World of Warcraft. Like you're part of a team trying to accomplish a thing together and it feels good to do that. Totally. Are there, what what other places do you get a similar uh if we're if we're taking that deeply meaningful moment of uh like sharing your poem in front of an audience what other places can you think of that are comparable I mean I do think about it when I think about other like arts related things like poetry itself is not a is not a team sport but like poetry slam right like I was just saying is a team sport and then like similarly because I worked in theater for several years and like theater is a highly collaborative like you can't make a theater you can't make a piece of theater without a group of people doing a bunch of shit and similarly to filmmaking like it's hard to make a film by yourself even though some of us do it <laughs> I, li- I like a team if, if if we're all on the same page yeah well it's tough yeah i feel that i feel that but you could be like uh you know on a team of salesman and make like 70 times what you make right now yeah i mean that's true i guess that sounds boring i don't know (laughs) yeah fair enough i'm just pushing okay there's like yeah a lot of people say are are like oh man like the people in in the poetry scene are like the best fucking people and i'm like i mean i love the people in the poetry scene they're great but i don't necessarily think they are better than any other people (laughs) (laughs) they're they're mediocre just like the rest of us are yeah basically uh okay can you uh would you be game to to read a poem yeah i can read a poem this poem is called ninth plague i'm an aries which means i'd rather be destroyed than ignored my mother loves to tell the story how as an infant i once bit down on her breast when she raised her chin to chastise my older brother attention is my currency of choice Never mind its proximity to violence. I grew up wanting a reason to kick, to be kicked. I grew up believing there's a scientific explanation for everything that happens in the Bible. Pillar of salt, column of fire. I learned that acts of God can be predicted by an atmospheric disturbance, a simple trick of astrophysics. Three days after the solar eclipse, My mother calls to tell me the Torah scrolls have been moved from our synagogue to a safe location. This must be the end of days. I mark the blood over my door. I brace myself to be passed over. Although, with the sky so black, I'm willing to bet no one would even consider me anyway. I never understood what makes the firstborn son so special. Can't I tempt a destroying angel? Can't I sit on the receiving end of wrath? Tremble if God forgets you. Tremble if God remembers. Darkness was the ninth plague, and then there was violence. That's that poem. Yeah, that's good stuff. Thanks, man. That's some, that's some good uh, sort of masculine destructive energy right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. I don't even know how to talk about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to write a lot about Judaism, or, like, using a lot of imagery from, like, Judaism in the in the Bible. But 
a lot of what I've been writing has been very um, explicitly political, which is not, there's no problem with that. But I wanted to write something that was a little more rooted in my own experience. And this was, I think, one of the first pieces that I've gotten out that was like, yes, I'm using a lot of Jewish imagery. I'm like talking about politics, but I, but it's also very much about me as a person. Yeah, so uh, there's so many thoughts. I, I think one of the many things I've, I've always liked about your poems and like you as an artist is you just directly say things and then you use lots of imagery around it but for me that poem sounds like very direct and it's this idea of like I'd rather be on the receiving end of like a kind of violent energy than be forgotten and be ignored Um, which is an interesting idea in and of itself and I can relate in so many different situations probably uh, although I haven't had time to reflect um so I, can you talk at a personal level, where does that come from? What, what do you feel or what do you think about um, when, when you sort of are, are in that headspace? I mean, I think you hit on it a little bit at the, right when you were talking there. It like does speak a lot to masculinity, at least as I experience it, and like masculinity being something that I want to write more about and, and think a lot about. But just like being, being violent, receiving violence like being near to violence and saying nothing or like witnessing violence and saying nothing. And like, where is masculinity in that matrix? Where should it be? Where can it be? Where do we want it to be? Yeah. That's interesting. That doesn't really answer your question. I'm just talking random nonsense also. No, no. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I, I mean, I, I, I get, I get this idea of, of like, of, you know, investigating your kind of own, role with i guess like masculinity i just love that idea that you might prefer to receive like a very violent destruction than to be left alone i don't know it's interesting how does that connect to judaism or that that kind of energy no yeah that's that's real and that's um something i'm trying to to write more about also is like this idea that historically the Jewish people are this like oppressed, disenfranchised group of folks, which is very true. Like, look at history. At the same time, there's like a bunch of shit happening in Israel where we're using a lot of folks in Israel are using that history as a reason to inflict harm on others. Similarly, a lot of Jews, not all Jews, but many Jews in America are white. And so like as white people, we are we are culpable for a bunch of violence in america so it's like jews being the ones receiving violence jews being the ones causing violence jews being the one witnessing violence um much like the story that sort of sparked this the image that sort of sparked this whole poem was like the idea that we just let our our deity our deity our god kill these boys like the jewish the hebrew god in the old testament is fucking crazy like the dude yeah, just killed wild. a bunch of innocent children and we were like yes that's it yes thank you like <laughs> yeah he it is pretty wild i think uh it's definitely something i've thought a lot about too because of obviously my family's history like in the holocaust and yeah. having done all of that uh research in into what my family experienced my grandfather immigrating here my great grandfather being killed in auschwitz 
but then me not being Jewish and not at all being raised in a Jewish household per se. I mean, we did certain things to honor the fact that, um, like, you know, our ancestors were Jewish and suffered as a result. Um, but what's, and, and I, so on that point of, of being, I, I don't really, I'm not really making a moral morality claim. It's more just, I've thought a lot about it. That idea of being like, uh, like kind of using the, the hardships or the, the narrative of victimhood, I guess, being a victim, um, to, to like a present day benefit, um, mm-hmm. is, has been like a, something that I'm very like aware of when it happens, because I think about like my great grandfather and how kind of how, wow, like, what would he think about? Like, you know, my family being like, Oh yeah, our family like suffered a lot. And like, you know, we know what it means to like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, to be clear, we don't, <laughs> I don't know what it means. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's very different. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, and in America, I've seen a lot of that too, where um, I see, um, you know, discussions about uh, kind of Judaism and uh, like its proximity to the suffering of black folks and that they can understand what black people go through. But of course, like in America, that's a tough, that's a tough sell. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a slippery slope. Because like any hardship, any very, it's hard to like, it's hard to say in like broad sweeping strokes, but to evoke the Holocaust in the context of what black people have gone through is not a fair comparison in part yeah. because the Holocaust happened over there far away. Um, and slavery happened on this soil and has not been dealt with. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, to me, that's the the big thing is that like, Yes, the Holocaust was more recent than, like, chattel slavery in America. But, like, a lot of, like, Germany, all these European countries have made, like, significant steps to acknowledge and make reparations for that. And America has done shit all, basically, in regards to to slavery. But the flip side is, like, you know, I really do think that some of the violence that happened to my family continues to affect things in my family today. Um, So that's not to take... That's not to take away from things like that, uh, but it's just different. No, totally. I, I mean, I think there's definitely a sense of in the Jewish community, um, intergenerational trauma. You know, and not just the Jewish community, obviously, but like, there's a whole um, the the method of naming children in Judaism is like you you name kids. You can only name people after someone who's dead, and so like my namesake is a martyr who died in the Warsaw Uprising. So, like, there's there's a whole generation of kids who are, like, around our age or older even who's, like, their namesakes are folks who died in the Holocaust. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's my whole family. My dad was named after uh, a guy who died in the Holocaust, and all of his siblings are named after the siblings of my grandfather. One wild thing in my family that I'm a little anxious to say because I'm sure they'll listen to this podcast... <laughs> is that one half of my family was German and they survived um, because of that. And uh, anti-Semitism is a very, uh, it's like racism. It's, it's very hard to pin down and it's very subtle and it preys on fear. So anybody who's fearful, anybody who is 
like uh, you know insecure it can take root inside of um and so it passes down very effectively from generation yeah. to generation even if it's even if the uh even if intellectually one knows that it's wrong it still passes down and i think we see that with racism in in america uh and i see some of that shit in my family and it's very interesting for me yeah and, and i mean I think anti-Semitism is one of those things that like it takes a bunch of different forms and you can you can inherit it without understanding what it is like you can inherit these preconceived notions about like Jews and stuff and like not really understand that it's anti-Semitism yeah like when you think about because I feel like we always end up talking about stuff like this it's like very heavy very like intellectual um very like self self-critical and self-reflective when you think about your poems and like what you write about why do you write about i mean why do you write about that shit and not just you know something else i mean why not just leave that alone and think about that in your own time and write a poem about you know your experience going to the beach or something why why does it have to be so uh self-reflective on the violence about yeah you know I don't know. Like, I don't want to knock people who write poems about going to the beach. Like, that's great. Like, do that. You know, I don't think there is enough poetry about mundane, like ordinary happiness. Um, and I and I try to write. I I try to write those poems. I think I do write some of those poems. But like, I think I come from a generation and like exist in a community in which poetry is like the critical tool. Not. I mean, not the only one, but. You know, Poetry Slam is a critical, is like a critical societal tool that is like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's really answering the question, but like, these are things that are interesting to me anyways. And like, it is often easier for me to write a poem about it than to like engage with it in some other way. No, for sure. I mean, I think it answers part of why I was asking the question. The other part is I've found that like there are a lot of people who would want, who like the idea of writing poems like you write, who haven't written as many poems as you've written. And I've seen you write poems now for a decade or and more, and you're still writing poems, which most people don't accomplish who set out to be a poet, <laughs> frankly. And so I think, like, I understand what you're saying that that uh, the there's a societal kind of role that you see from an intellectual point of view but i'm i'm curious more at like a personal level like what why do you keep having energy to write these things sometimes i think i don't i mean yeah part of it feels honestly like social pressure in that there's this weird feedback loop where the more successful you become, the more involved in the professional community you are, and the more you see other people be success successful, and the more you want to be successful, and the more you try to. Be, it, 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 does that make sense? Like, I, the example that I give is that like, I am tangentially part of Poet Twitter, and like all you see on Poet Twitter is like stupid hot takes about like shit happening in the world right now and then people talking about shit they've published which is like great i'm glad people publish shit 
but when I see when I'm involved in this scene where all I see all the time is other people congratulating themselves and each other that makes some competitive side of me be like well fuck that like I'm gonna write some shit too like okay <laughs> I like that so it's just it's 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 just you, you set out to be a poet you became one and then it's like fuck it I'm gonna do this really well cause other people <laughs> cause I now I can't some... not be a poet <laughs> Yeah, there's no turning I mean, back now. I, I I wish I could... I want to write other stuff that's not poetry. Like, that was actually one of my goals for this, this year, was to write some shit that's not poetry. I didn't really do that. I kind of failed. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And there's something that's like... I was thinking about this earlier. Like, the fact that writing a poem... I don't want to say it's easier, but it's definitely faster than, like, writing a fucking novel or, like, writing, you know, create, fucking filming a movie or something. Like, you can write hella poems in the length of time that it takes to finish a movie. And so, you see the, the measures of success are different in that, like, getting a poem published is great. It feels good. But you can do that shit, like, 20 times. Like, you have... you got to... You got to keep getting these successes and so you have to keep writing and so you have i don't know yeah yeah that's interesting so what would you say to somebody who uh is like 18 years old and they they want to they want to be a poet <laughs> and they want to they want to like do it like what, what what would you say to them um read a lot write a lot write write bad shit don't don't necessarily you don't have to share your bad shit but write a lot of bad shit um meet other people who are into the same weird shit that you're into um don't yeah like i don't know the main thing is just like don't be afraid of failure and like give it an honest try in that you know i spent when the 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 year that we were in or the i guess the winter we were in england i was in the middle of trying to write a poem every day for a year and like I didn't succeed I got like nine months in or something but like that sort of shit and you go look at all those poems and like I maybe ten of those poems are any good at all but like there's a lot of work there Be you gotta get comfortable with being bad and you gotta get comfortable with people telling you you're bad cause like I know I'm bad but I also people tell me I'm bad and that is hard oh I would not uh... that's why I like making films I can kinda hide behind them <laughs> When people say they're, when people say my stuff's bad, they just, um, they just don't reach out to me when they watch it. <laughs> There's not like an immediate feedback thing. You gotta keep, you gotta keep good records, which is hard. You know, I don't know how you how you do your shit, cause like, I write a lot. I I do write in journals a lot, but I also write a lot on like Google Docs or whatever. And so I'll go back and look at stuff from five years ago. That five years ago I was like, I'm not gonna keep this. This is terrible. But I'll look at it now and I'll be like. This is not a great poem, but like, there's like two good lines in here, and I can use those for something else. And so, that's things change. Your perspective changes. 